Welcome, everybody, to TMD on the Record. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Dave Cleish. This is my friend and colleague, Jeff Timmons. And we've got an interesting conversation for today, don't we? Something a little bit different. Uh, not quite what we've done in the past, but I am really excited for this discussion. Me too, Dave. I'm excited to be here with you talking again. Uh, and it is, it's a, it's a great conversation we're going to have today. So, well, let's get started. All right. So, um, a few days ago, uh, let's call it a few days ago, recently, mm. I receive a notification or an email from a very well-established, um, university here in Canada. Mm -hmm. They are running a new program on accessibility and accessibility in the workplace, and how important it is for brands and corporations to be able to to serve, let's call it their stakeholders or their customers, and be accessible to them. Here's the thing. The email I received and the website that it directs you to is not compliant <laughs> to the basic rules of accessibility. Right. And so it was not AOTA compliant. Was not AOTA compliant. Interesting. And, uh, you know, I went and took it to our team and had a look at it, and they absolutely went through the laundry list of the, the failures um, of this specific piece. And it got us thinking about the responsibility brands and corporations have to be accessible to those who really need it. And, it's, and it is a responsibility. It's not something you should be choosing to do. It is something that you have to do. Yep. And um, so it also got me thinking about um, a good friend of mine, and uh, this friend of mine um, not only... Well, first off, we're really excited to have her on the show. Absolutely. We have not had a lot of guests in person on the show, and she's actually virtual today. So yep. um, she sees us on screen. We see her on screen. But um, not only is she a very accomplished whitewater kayaker, not only is she a um, wonderful marketer who, frankly, and don't take this, don't be offended, Dave, I've probably learned more from her than I have any other marketer I've ever worked with. And, uh, and on top of that, she is just a wonderful person. So today we would like to welcome to our show, uh, my good friend, Mandy. Welcome, so. Mandy. Thank you. It's great to be here. And oh, Jeff, right back at you. Thank you for that kind introduction. And We had a lot of fun working together and with each other uh, over several years um, in, our, in our careers and in, in personal lives. So um, really excited to, to have you here today. And can you see... Can you see my socks? I can't see your socks. Hold your feet up higher. Can you see that? Oh, can you uh, see those? Yeah. Those are from, um, well, they're from a, an airport that you and I used to frequent from the carpet on the airport. Do you remember that? Okay. Anyhow, long story short, <laughs> completely irrelevant to anybody watching or listening. This is just between Mandy and I and the travels that we used to get to do together. So they are a, a socks I'm wearing are a replica of the pattern that we're in this airport. So anyhow, it's actually, um, you know, a very fascinating marketing tactic that they did to use their carpet as their uh, brand strategy for the airport. And that might actually be a future podcast topic. Quite possibly, because we know how attractive airport carpeting is as a rule, right? So for those of you that are listening and it's watching. It's a great example of, of using something that is unusual to, to uh, identify your brand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, listen, why don't we jump into this? Because, you know, we don't want to take up too much time um, of those listening and, and of, of yourself. And um, But again, we're super grateful you're here with us today. And, and um 
why don't we start with a little bit of your background and aside from our personal connection, why we're talking with you today about accessibility in particular and, you know, share what you, what you wish of your story and your background to kind of set it up for, for those who are listening. Sure. Yeah. I've spent the past 30 years of my career in marketing communications. Um, I, as Jeff mentioned, I spent 10 years at um, we work, working together at Columbia Sportswear, where I was the director of marketing um, for the U.S. And um, most recently was a um, head of communications and events for a uh, college. And during the pandemic, I went deaf. <laughs> so now I am a, a late deafened adult. Um, I happen to uh, have a cochlear implant. I don't know if a lot of people who are listening actually know what a cochlear implant is, but it's a surgically implanted device that is enabling me to hear you today and be on this podcast. I have a microphone um, that is actually picking up the audio and streaming it directly into my, my implant. Um, so it's a great example of how technology is enabling access. Um, so when, you know, Jeff, you reached out to me about doing this podcast, I was certainly excited about it because having gone through this experience has certainly made me much more aware of how important it is to consider accessibility in your marketing communications, um, because I've certainly experienced it firsthand how um, much of a challenge it can be. Yeah. And, and you know, frankly, we experienced it today, too. Um, Bree and, and myself tried to get our production set up here today, how difficult and not user friendly accessibility settings are in trying to do a virtual podcast. I think it took us 30 minutes, Jeff, to, <laughs> to actually figure out how to turn on the captioning. So um, I don't think you all can see it on your end, but I am actually, I have captions turned on on my end. Um, but for when you're using Zoom, the person who sets up the, the actual um, Zoom has to enable that functionality, which is a little weird. It should be on the user end, in my opinion. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so Zoom, if you're listening or watching, um, there's a little bug for you to fix. But I think it it really talks about or speaks to the fact that brands don't do enough. And they certainly take this, what we're talking about today, for granted. You know, maybe... Maybe talk to us, Mandy, a little bit about, um, you know, this accessibility thing, first off, is is broad. It touches a lot more people than I think brands realize, which is maybe why brands don't put enough effort into it. If they realized how many people are impacted, they might put a little more effort into it. And frankly, they should anyways. Um, but maybe talk to us a little bit about what accessible marketing is, you know, and this is new to you. So this is, this is fresh. This is well, first answer your, your first question related to how big is the market? I've seen figures as, as large as close to a billion people worldwide um, who identify as having a disability. At the end of the day, if you think about it, if you get old enough, you're going to experience a disability yourself. And their population is aging. Um, Dave, you have glasses on, right? So I do. Yeah. Um, it's there's a broad range of um, what a disability can be, right? So um, physical, uh, it can be cognitive, it can be auditory, it can be visual, 
It can be permanent. It can be temporary. That's something that I've really thought about in terms of, of, um, of how important it is to consider accessibility in your marketing communications. Because if you think about temporary um, disabilities, uh, Jeff, I know you have kids yeah. when you're running around and when they were babies and you're holding them in your arms and you're trying to get the coffee made and you're trying to use your computer, right? Like, thank goodness for voice control then, right? And with voice control, I've been um, as advanced today if we didn't have the need for creating accessible um, components in technology, right? Good point. And the, the need um, so, created it. Um, once you slow down and really think about the reach of what we're talking about when we talk about accessibility, it's, it's really broad. As a, I'm going to call you a wonderful marketer, very strategic, very creative, um, you know, in given your, your current situation, what are the kind of tactics that marketers or brands should be using, you know, in particular to, and, and we can even just talk about it from a, from a hearing perspective, but what are the things that marketers should be doing or considering, you know, in this kind of situation? Yeah, um, it's a really good question, and it's a it's a, a pretty broad question. Um, there's tactical elements, right? There's the the, the the things that you can create a checklist for when you create a video. Have you enabled captioning? Are you being mindful of the music background? You know, and you know, overlaying with the. Um, with people speaking, those kinds of things. There's on the web, in terms of web accessibility, you know, of course, there's these checklists that you can go through to make sure that you're complying with standards, laws of such as ADA. But I think um, from a big, bigger picture standpoint, um, really thinking about how you can incorporate a strategic mindset as it relates to inclusive design, right? So um, to look at it less as a checklist and more as a as a mindset. Jeff, I recently am just thinking about those uh, podcasts. I went on to Google's accessibility website. They have a camp or a um, it's a it's a toolkit, a marketing toolkit, and I really encourage your um, your team to check it out because it's just beautifully laid out, very just clear in terms of. How do you create um, an inclusive design strategy, building the right team, making inclusive design choices and holding each other accountable? Um, it's just it, it's it really takes what can be overwhelming in this space and simplifies it in a way that feels less intimidating. I love some of your perspective here around to really like there's the tactical checklist, but the reality is you have to start with this mindset, uh, this consideration of, are you thinking about accessibility from the start? It's, I, I relate it almost or equate it almost to when, you know, that transition between building websites that were for desktop and websites that were for mobile and starting to build for mobile first, you have to at least have that mindset that is this going to work for mobile? And, you know, technology evolved, like you said, it evolved for websites to be mobile responsive. And, you know, technology has evolved to be able to enable accessibility, but you still need the people who are starting with the strategy to have that mindset of accessibility first. Well, what I like about what Mandy was saying, too, is it's a choice, 
right? You, you make a choice. And I think one of the things we chatted about um, before we, we uh, went live with this was the blurred background. And I thought what you said was incredibly insightful. Not that you're trying to hide your kitchen from us, because <laughs> when, I, when I blur my background, it is a choice that I've made because of what's behind me, right? So like I usually blur my background because like, oh my God, I've got stuff all over the place. I don't want everyone to think that I'm an absolute slob and a, and a chaotic disaster. But what I, what I hadn't thought about, Manny, was what you said about it's actually better for the viewer because there's less of a distraction and it allows them to focus on you in this case and what you're saying and, and your, the expressions on your face, the nonverbal communications without, you know, maybe pets and, and partners and kids and all kinds of, you know, clutter and stuff in the background. But what it got me thinking about is it's one of the core fundamentals of communication. Isn't it supposed to be about who's receiving the communication and making sure we're doing everything we can to position them to be able to, digest, understand, um, comprehend what it is that we're delivering. And I just thought that was the blurred background on a Zoom call is a perfect example of how yeah. it's not for us as the one who might be communicating. It's for those that might be receiving the information and making it easier for them to comprehend. Dave, hey, that's that's a really great, yeah, I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, something with that I have um, personally experienced um, in going deaf is just, I, I recognize how much lip reading I do, right? Um, and you probably experienced this during the pandemic when we were all wearing face masks. Um, you know, you probably were like, wow, I actually read a lot of lips too, right? Like we communicate with our, um, there's, there's a lot that goes on in our mouth area, right? So if we cover that up, we're losing a lot of, um, you know, ability to understand each other. So you and I had a, a conversation a few weeks back, and it was the first time that we had been on screen since you had gone deaf. And, and I, honestly, I was a little nervous because I wasn't really sure, like, Mandy's gone deaf. How is she going to hear me? <laughs> right. So one of the first I, I asked you, I said, you know, what do you need from me? And one of the things you said to me, which really resonated because um, it connects to something that my grandfather told me years ago is just make sure you're looking at the camera, make sure I can see your lips. And it goes back to, you know, my grandfather used to say, if you really want to communicate with someone, make sure they can see your face and see your eyes. So you're looking directly at them. If you're looking down or away, they won't be able to truly understand you. And from a, you know, from an accessibility perspective, little things like I say little, but little things as in look directly in the camera so people can read your lips and see your expressions is really important. And that's not something that may be on a checklist, but it is how from a creative standpoint, you can make it work. So um, I just started started to think about some of these things, even as we get this set up today um, to and, and maybe we could talk a little bit about what is it that you need or you want brands to give you so that you can interact with them and engage with them better? Being deaf, there's, a, like I mentioned earlier, there's a broad spectrum, deaf to hard of hearing. There's people who are deaf with cochlear implants. There's people who are deaf who don't have cochlear implants that rely on sign language. Um, so asking somebody what they need 
is huge. Um, and that is, that's a big element of accessibility. You did um, a great thing by doing that. And so sometimes it can feel intimidating, right? We, this is a space that, um, you know, that we're not accustomed, unfortunately, you know, to talk about openly, but we've got to. So I appreciate that you asked, right? Um, what are my specific needs? And um, talk about event marketing. That's a huge thing too. When you're when you're hosting an event, ask you know ask your um, customers what they need, um, and have them you know maybe some might need ASL interpreters, and maybe some you know I'm just throwing that out there. Um, anyway, I forget now. I forget what your question was, but I just wanted to highlight that that's a big piece of accessibility. I, I just think you know maybe we go down this road of like, um, what are there brands that are doing this well? Anybody that any brands that you interact with, or brands that are are giving you what you need, um, or brands that you see that are doing you know uh, let's call it accessibility well. It's a really good question. And I, I, I you know, uh, as it relates to being deaf, one brand in particular really jumps out. And it's an, an unusual brand actually for me to bring up, but it's Starbucks. So Starbucks, I don't know if you saw that um, back in 2018, they opened a store near a university, Gallaudet University, which is a deaf and hard of hearing um, pretty famous university in the United States in Washington, D.C. And so they Starbucks opened a store in that marketplace and they partnered with deaf and hard of hearing um, people, you know, to one, create the store environment um, to service those customers. Like little details to on the aprons, they, they have embroidered um, Starbucks in, in ASL lettering. Um, they hired a deaf artist to create their mugs. Um, wow. And so it was just, it was the first mass, then they of course did a huge PR campaign around it. And it was the first time I remember seeing a brand go that deep, if that makes sense, in terms of reaching um, the deaf and hard of hearing community. But even beyond that, you know, mass media plays a huge role in um, breaking down stereotypes um, and also biases. And so, or can play a big, I don't know, they, they can also play a barrier, right? But um, in terms of, of this, this, what Starbucks did, um, it was a pretty big deal. Well, and I know you like DC, so that would be great for you to go. There's a reason for you to go there. And that's it, a great example. And you also gave an earlier example, which I really liked, which is what Google did um, yeah. for their accessibility. So um, certainly um, any listeners out there, that's something you should, if you are, um, if you are building marketing communications, you should be using those kind of tools and and asking those questions of your brands and of your uh, teammates to be able to service this. Um, is there anything in particular you would like to see more of? I'd like to see more um, people with disabilities on marketing and product teams. Um, so including you know them in the hiring right or. Uh, 
and second representation in the in the the campaigns themselves absolutely well and you know this is fairly new and as i mentioned and you've mentioned fairly new and fresh for you for someone who maybe is engaging with this or knows someone who's engaging with it like where where do you go to learn where do you go to figure start to figure these things out uh, beyond your own curiosity. There's so many places, right? You, you Google accessibility and, you know, it becomes overwhelming. And so first I want to say, start where you are, do what you can, right? You know, that, that old saying, you know, really try not to get overwhelmed. I think if I were, you know, starting out, I would go to the big brands that are, that I've mentioned, Google, Microsoft also has a, just a beautifully done um, assess, uh, DEI, including accessibility, but there's for marketers, you know, of course there's the ADA standards for accessible design. Um, I would absolutely read the National Center on Disability um, Journalism Disability Language Style Guide. <laughs> so one of the things, Jeff, that you know I'm sensitive to, um, and I know you are too, um, is how do we how do we talk about disability, you know, respectfully? And you know, it's hard. We're not, you know, some of us before becoming deaf myself you know, I, I wasn't aware of a lot of the terminology. The web content accessibility guidelines, there's checklists for marketers, you can go there. There's tons of classes. I think for me, um, I think it starts with a place of curiosity. Just the other day, for example, um, how many times have you been in the shower and you're trying to read your shampoo bottle, right? And this shampoo bottle, not only is the font small, but the shampoo bottle is a yellow background with white lettering. Right. And when you start to become more aware of, um, of designing for accessibility needs, things like that will really stand out. So, um, you know, people who are colorblind or have vision, you know, you know disabilities, you know, not having high contrast is a challenge. So you'll start to notice these things and you're like, gosh, this would be an easy fix, right? We talk a lot about the importance of when you do anything from a marketing standpoint, it has to add value. But how do you prove that value? Well, something you just said, it's so common sense. It's like if someone can't read the label on your bottle, how will they ever buy your product? You know, as the population ages, type on menus is getting smaller. Okay. Yep. This is drives me crazy because right, right. why wouldn't you want the people coming in who have the ability to, and the, and the means to order your food? Um, they can't read the menu. <laughs> well, and if you knew, you know, if you knew how many times I was in the shower, washed my hair with, with conditioner instead of shampoo, cause I couldn't <laughs> read the bloody bottle. Like, you know, the silkiest hair on the block, I swear to God, but like, I'm always reaching for the wrong cause I can't read it. So when you said that, it just completely resonated with me because it is a daily frustration for me that I I have to shower with my glasses on, so I make sure that I grab the right bottle while I'm in the well, shower. Well, that's problematic. That's problematic that's, if you end up 
you know, having a hot shower and it fogs up. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyhow, let's let's get off the Dave in the shower yep. thing for a little because you know that vision just you yeah. Know, nobody work needs for nobody needs that. <laughs> nobody needs that in the afternoon. Mandy, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and and for taking the time to to share um, a personal story and making it relevant for us as marketers in what we do and hopefully it encourages brands and professionals in our field to maybe just step outside their comfort zone a little bit um, and embrace maybe some new learning for them so that they can be more cognizant, um, uh, more appreciative of the challenges that we have when we're trying to communicate and making sure that it's accessible to everybody. Um, I loved hearing your story. Thank you for sharing it with us. Um, and really appreciated your insights. And it was great to meet you. And I, I do hope we have a chance to, to have our, our paths cross um, in real life as well as virtually. So thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much. Um, I applaud you all for what you're doing here. Um, your focus on accessibility, um, inclusion, it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's commendable. And I appreciate the opportunity to be, you know, to help that's awesome. And Mandy, again, I can't thank you enough um, and uh, look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mandy. Have a great day. Great guest. She was awesome. Uh, really interesting like to think about how big an opportunity it is for brands on one side and how important it is for brands to be aware and considerate of accessibility. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think there's going to be a lot of practical reasons why brands don't make a conscious decision to embrace it fully. And unfortunately, most of those are going to wind up being cost related. Like how much would it cost us to redo all of this to make it more accessible? Frankly, it's just not a good enough reason. Um, but I think the other side of that is you mentioned when you had your, your prep call with her a few weeks ago that you were a little nervous. And I think that's kind of the first step in, in, in sort of embracing that kind of vulnerability where like, wow, I'm not quite sure how to have this conversation. I don't want to say anything that makes me sound like an idiot or, or anything else. Not that you did at all, of course, but I think that's the first step. And I think brands can learn from that, right? So brands should be learning from human vulnerability and uncertainty anyway. Uh, we have to, if they're going to reach this 1 billion, you know, um, size market. But that's the first step for when a brand makes a choice is to maybe wade into a space where they're not comfortable. Um, be okay with making a few mistakes. But like Mandy said, like, ask, ask people like you asked Mandy, like, what do you need from me? How can I make this work for you? I think more brands that reach out to their customers and say, hey, how can we be better at this? How can we make sure that we are more accessible so you feel more comfortable engaging with us? That has to be you know, the next first step. How many brand leaders out there would say no to, if you went and asked them like, hey, would you like to make yourself accessible to a billion customers? Yeah. Like it's really a non-starter. You know, like you, I'm not sure that's the right word, non-starter, but. Anyhow, the reality is if you're not doing that and it is not attractive to you as a brand, you're making a bad decision. Forget the responsibility part. You are all, all brands are responsible to allow people to engage with you. You should be doing it anyways. But from a business standpoint, why wouldn't you want to make yourself more accessible? 
Well, and I think it's almost, and Mandy talked about this too, like as an extension of DEI is the accessibility piece. Right. And it's it really shouldn't be a question of, are we going to do this as a brand? It really should come down to how are we going to do this more right. responsibly, more consistently, and make it actually embedded in part of our culture. And whether or not that means engaging more um, accessibility challenged individuals. And I don't know if that's the right expression, but if it isn't, please somebody let me know. But like, how do we bring those those folks into um, into what it into the process where we're creating and where we're communicating, so that we're actually doing it a, like we're doing a better job, and yeah. the work that we're producing is actually embraced by those who it's intended for, all of them, not yeah. not excluding anybody who might have challenges like me reading the, the shampoo label in the shower or for anybody that's trying to, to read, consume, or, or ingest information in a way that makes it easy for them to do that. By the way, that's why I use shampoo and conditioner mix. So I don't have that problem. Yeah. Well, Maybe yeah. that's, I wonder if that's how they came up with the idea of mixing it together. Well, quite possibly. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I still have problems with it though. The fact that we're talking about that is probably means we're done for today. We probably should be done. All right. We probably should be done. Thanks, everybody, <laughs> for joining us today. Um, thanks especially to our guest, Mandy, um, for being so open and, and for sharing uh, with us. Uh, we've been Jeff and Dave, and you've been listening to TMDs on the Record. Mm-hmm.